But, you know, we are a teaching church, and I, I say that all the time. We're a, we're a church of the Word, and we believe the Word of God. And, you know, we, we also we love having good times. But when we come in here on Sunday morning, we have kingdom business to take care of. So we believe in getting the Word to people. I want you, when you leave here, and then Tuesday happens, or Wednesday happens, or Thursday happens, you don't just have an emotion or a feeling to rely on, because that's going to be gone by then, right? And I'm all for good feelings. I love that. But let me tell you, we, it's, it's the engrafted word that's able to save our souls. That's what the word tells us. It's the engrafted word. And we need that word in our heart and we need it in our soul. And we need it to be, to be transformative in our, in our minds and in our lives. And, and God's called us, he said, to be transformed. But how is it? By the renewing of our mind in the word of God. So that's how we get transformed. So, so when you come, I want you to come expecting to receive from God something that you need to hear for today. And I'm really excited about this message, why the church needs Holy Spirit. Uh, and, you know, in, in its own parts, there's nothing you haven't heard probably, but maybe together it's a little differently. I've never ministered this particular message before, but I've ministered many segments of it. But, but you know, the Holy Spirit is often ignored. I looked up a statistic, and it's a few years old, but it's Barner Research. And listen to this, and I have a feeling it could be even higher today. Fifty-eight percent of Christians believe the Holy Spirit is nothing more than a symbol of God's presence and power. Fifty-eight percent. I would love to have a more recent. It's just a few years old, and I can believe that. But yet, Jesus told his disciples in Acts four, and he told um, Acts one four, and in Luke twenty-four, he said, "Don't you don't you leave Jerusalem until you get the promise." He said, it's urgent that you do not leave, do not begin ministry until you have the presence and power of Holy Spirit. Is that a little more than a symbol? You know, a symbol is something we might wear around our neck. Jesus also said that it's profitable, it's expedient, it's appropriate to bring about a special end. He said this in the Gospel of John, that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. Isn't that a little bit more than a symbol? He said in Mark 3, 28 through 29, he says, I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. Is that not something more than a symbol? You know, we relegate Holy Spirit sometimes just to maybe one or two sermons a year. You know, Pentecost, we might, some churches may not even do it then. Or we, we might put his emblem there on a on stained glass window, which is wonderful. But Holy Spirit is much more than a symbol, much more than a symbol. He's a very important part of the Godhead. They're actually three in one. Who's highly regarded by Jesus as extremely important and extremely holy. He said, it's urgent for you not to leave. What if we said that to the church? Guys, it's urgent that you don't go out and try to do anything in the kingdom until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we have a lot of... You know, we've taught so many times. I mean, we've got to get past elementary teachings. I keep saying this. We've got to get past elementary teachings. You've been taught how many times about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what it means to speak in tongues, all the gifts of the Spirit, all these other things. You, you've, you've heard it all. Now we've got to do something with what we know, right? But why is it that, why does the church need Holy Spirit, and especially today? <laughs> Well, I think we've had about 30 minutes of discussing why we need Holy Spirit today, don't we? You know, you were, we've been talking, and we will be talking next week at the day of Pentecost about the outpouring of Holy Spirit infusing the life of the believer and the church. 
And it's not just so we can have intellectual knowledge, but it's so that we can understand and we can identify with who God is, who Jesus is, and we can fulfill what he has called us to do. Let me tell you, don't go out and try to do anything for the kingdom if you don't have the fullness of the Spirit operating. And you say, does that mean I can never think about No, just keep it close with God, okay? Nobody's going to walk perfectly. We're going to be like him when we see him. But, you know, we keep real short accounts, don't we? When Holy Spirit reveals something to you, it's for the purpose of healing that area or repenting, repenting. And many times the church has too much in common with the enemy, and that's why there's no power in the churches. That's why churches will substitute programs for power because there's no, there's no power in the church. So it's easier just to put a little program in place. We'll occupy our time. We'll come in, and then we go out, and nothing really changes. The purpose of the church is to equip the saints to do what? Get intellectually filled with all this knowledge, be able to quote, no, it's to go out and do the work of ministry. To go out and do the work of ministry. And I would think that Jesus would say the same thing to us, and that is don't go do anything until you've been filled with Holy Spirit. So why is it that we need Holy Spirit in the church? Number one, I'm going to give you three reasons today, okay? Three reasons. Number one, it's the command of Scripture. To be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word be... Now, let me tell you what being filled means. And by the way, the verbal tense is an ongoing activity. It's not something that happened... You know, I was baptized initially 7-7-79. I remember that day. But I don't... You know, I have been filled many times since then. I have a continuous ongoing experience with Holy Spirit. And I've heard people say, well, I spoke in tongues back in 1952. And I said, well, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? But that word filled means, that word filled means to be filled to overflow. It means to be crammed full, to be filled to the brim. In other words, there's nothing else there. There's nothing, that's our goal is that nothing else should be there, Right? There should be nothing restricting the flow and the move of Holy Spirit in our life if we're filled with Holy Spirit. So it means that we're completely overflowing and that there are no restrictions or no constrictions in our life that prevents Holy Spirit from moving. And so that means when I go to food line, I may not be thinking about anything. Then all of a sudden somebody comes up to me or I will go up to someone and the Lord might say to me, this person needs prayer or this person's going through a hard time. I may not have to do anything except just pray for that person. I told you a couple of weeks ago about running into this lady at the ice cream shop at Myrtle Beach and, and uh, I just felt the unction to pray for her. And the Lord said to me, he said, you know, that this is just the first step. You're preparing her heart for the person that's coming after you. So, so too many times we want, to, we want to close the deal and God's not ready and she's not ready, right? We just need to be able to walk in the flow of the Spirit. When God says pray, pray. I told you I was awakened about 3.30 this morning praying specifically for one grandchild. Now this grandchild, to my knowledge, has not, I mean, she's not doing anything bad. She's just at a place in her life where she doesn't really know where she's going. But that's what I felt, in, just to pray for that one grandchild. You know how I prayed in the Spirit because I didn't know how to pray as I ought. And I said, God, I don't know how to pray. I just know the Holy Spirit knows the perfect will. I'm going to ask you to pray through me for my granddaughter and that you're going to do, cause, open her heart, let her see, let her hear, whatever it might be that she needs. I don't know what she needs. I, I mean, she's a good girl. She, as far as I know, she's doing nothing bad or wrong. But she's just at that age of 18 where she doesn't really know what she really wants in life, you know. Or she thinks she might know. <laughs> how many of us remember being 18? Can anybody can remember back that far? 
But we need to be continuously be being filled. So each day we ask the Lord, God, fill me fresh and new with your spirit. And I love what Marilyn Hickey used to say years ago. She said, we leak. We leak, so therefore we need a filling. We need a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit. And so when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're filled full. And there's no room for any attitude, any activity that's not consistent with the Holy Spirit's desire in our life. You know, prior to verse 18, Paul said, don't act like fools. <laughs> don't live like fools. And he said, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. And so, you know, Jesus said in John fourteen seven that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, right? So there's no reason for us to act like fools. There's no reason for us to, to be foolish. There's no, there's no reason for us to act thoughtlessly. And how many people actually live lives on an intentional basis? Instead of, you know, Paul says, I don't beat in the air aimlessly. You know, every day we intentionally get up and we're, we're on assignment, right? If you're in the military, you're on assignment. You're, you're not just, oh, I think what I'll do today. I think I'll go do this or that. Well, God, what would you have me to do? And he might tell you to go do this and that, right? God, I tell you, God wants you to enjoy life. But we live in a day when wisdom is a requirement for survival. We live in a day when wisdom is a requirement for survival. And God is the only source of wisdom. All the wisdom finds its basis in him. We need wisdom for our personal life. We need reason for, re, a wisdom for our nation. We need it for our churches. We need it for our schools. We need it for our families. And sometimes wisdom is just letting God have his way. Just like I said, God, I don't know what to pray. But I'm just asking you to pray the perfect will of God. So we need to be filled with Holy Spirit because it's commanded. Number two, the church needs to be filled with Holy Spirit to hear what God is saying and know what God is doing. This is a biggie in today's time. We need to be able to hear what God is saying and to know what God is doing. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says, but it, was not, but it was to us that God revealed these things, how? By His Spirit. Let me tell you, Fox News is not going to tell you what's on God's mind. CNN is not going to tell you what's on God's mind, right? Your neighbor's not going to tell you what's on God's mind. Your pastor's not going to tell you what's on God's mind unless I feel like it's coming from where it should. But then you have to decide. So he should bear witness in your spirit. I love what pastor used to say a long time ago. He said, you read your word so you'll know if anything I'm telling you is not right. Amen. You know, we're not telling you to be a bunch of little puppets run along here. You know, we're, I'm saying read your word, study your word. Let the Holy Spirit in you bear witness with what we're saying. Because we're people, aren't we? We know in part. We prophesy in part. And I told one guy that said that one time when he missed it horribly. He said, well, you know, I prophesy in part. I said, but you're not supposed to prophesy in error. There's a big difference. It's a big difference. He left. <laughs> so, sometimes people just can't handle the truth. Right. So we need to know. And then it goes on to say, for the Spirit searches out everything. And sh listen, this is awesome. Shows us God's deep secrets. Don't you just want to know what God's secrets are? You know, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says that we speak divine mysteries to God. You know, people are saying, can the devil understand what you're saying? Well, I don't think so because the Bible says there are divine mysteries between me and God. It's our secret. It's my secret with God. 
He says, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except by God's own spirit. We need Holy Spirit. We need the baptism, the fullness. This is why we don't need to be uh, contaminated with a lot of other junk. If the devil has any kind of uh, commonality in us, then God's power is going to be reduced in our life. It's inversely proportional. The more the, more the devil has in common, the less power we have. The more, less he has in common, the more power we have. Don't you want to hear God? Don't you want to hear without having to filter out the devil? We have to do that sometimes, right? He's on this side and the other's on this side. We have to decide because he's always going to be trying to, you know, throw junk at us. So the Holy Spirit gives the believer ears to hear. Ears to hear. And that's been a prayer in mind for the last several weeks more so. God, give your churches ears to hear what you're saying in this day. You know, the seven churches in Revelation, only two did he command. The others, the other, and he kept saying, if you have ears to hear, listen. If you have ears to hear. The church has got to have ears to hear. Believers have got to have ears to hear. Or we're going to be led astray if we don't hear what God is saying. See, we need to know what God thinks about the coronavirus. Right? We need to know what God thinks about all this going on in our government. We need to know what God thinks about the content that's on the media. We need to know what he thinks about what we watch on TV. We need to know what God thinks about abortion and immorality and homosexuality and marriage and all finances. We need to know what God thinks, right? You know, we, you know, if you're sold out to God, you can't afford to have an opinion that's different than what God has. I posted something uh, from uh, A.W. Tozer, and basically it says, when you search out the Scripture, you search it until you understand the Scripture, and at that point you have no you have no privilege to have any other opinion, basically. When you have come to understand the Scripture, you can't say, well, that's not reasonable, or that's reasonable, or that's scientific, or that's not unscientific. You don't have any right to say that. This is what it says. This is, this is how we base our life. So we, we've made a lot of decisions and laws in our nation, and maybe in churches and families, based on what we think seems right. When it's not what God says. So we need to know what God says. We need to know what God thinks about his church and the status of his church. But do we ever stop and ask God, God, what do you think about this? What do you think about where I'm at today? What do you think about my church, my business, my home, my family, my children? What do you think about the way I'm parenting? What do you think about the way I'm handling my finances? And I believe that we live in a day like never, ever, ever before. We've never been here before. We can't look back to how we did it 5 and 10, 15 years ago. We've never been here before. And, you know, people talk about returning back to normal. Honey, it's gone. There is no normal. We don't want to go back to normal anyway, do we? we want, we're moving ahead. That's what we want to move ahead with God. And in Jeremiah 5.21, the Lord said people were considered foolish if they had ears and they couldn't hear. They were considered foolish. And in Ezekiel 12.2, people were called rebellious because they had eyes and they didn't see and ears and they didn't hear. So we have ears, but I believe some believers today do not have an idea of what's really going on in the world. And that is because these things need to be and must be spiritually discerned. And so we need to, that's why we're praying nine days. We're praying, God, open up the ears of your people. Open up our ears. We want to hear clearly. I believe many do not understand that we are at war for the life of our nation. We are at war for the life of our nation. The church will not return to the way it was, and I'll say it must not return to the way it was. 
I want to give you a quote. And this is this book I just started reading this yesterday. It's powerful. I, I recommend you get it by Mario uh, Murillo, Vessels of Fire and Glory. It's ironic. I've had it on my iPad for, I don't know, about a month. <laughs> and Bill mentioned it to me. And I, and I thought, well, maybe I should go ahead and start that book. So I picked it up yesterday. I, was, I couldn't believe what I was reading. So in tune to what so many of us are hearing and seeing and thinking. But listen, this is what he's saying. God is doing something to save America. Do we believe that? It bears witness with me. He's trying to do something to save this nation. He is warring to save it. Do you know how he is doing this? Ask yourself this question. We are at war. If you say the name of Christ, you are in this war. If you call yourself a believer, you're in this war. That you can't see it or feel it doesn't make, doesn't make it any less real. So you can be dropped down in the middle of a battlefield and be oblivious to it. And doesn't make it any, any less real, does it? Or any less dangerous. The question is, do you know how God is fighting and do you know your assignment in this act of God? He goes on to say, God is warring to restore firepower to the movement that began in the lowly Azusa Street mission. Rediscovering the power of Holy Spirit holds the greatest potential to save our nation. That's why this time, that's why this Pentecost is so important. That's why this Passover was so important. Many of the prophets were saying we actually experienced a real Passover because we were in quarantine just like they were in quarantine. And they believed that because we had a virtual, or or not a virtual, but an actual uh, Passover experience, we're also going to have an actual Pentecostal Pentecost experience. That there's going to be a greater outpouring than we've experienced in many, many, many years. But it's only going to be for those who desire it, those who have ears to hear, those who really want the power of God in their lives. He said, in this hour, it's not enough to be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Not nearly enough. Every soldier of God must know what God is doing in their time. Every soldier of God must know what God is doing in their time. The New Testament begins and ends with the drama of willing vessels having their lives, listen to this, interrupted, ruined for mortal pursuits, commissioned for great exploits, and then launched into an amazing adventure. That's powerful, isn't it? That is powerful. We have to know what God is doing. We have to be able to hear what God is saying in this hour. Every one of us individually have to know what God is saying to us individually in this hour. And you might look back and you think, well, maybe I've gone through some adjustments. Maybe I've gone through some shifting. Maybe some things have been taken from my life. Maybe some things have been added. Ask God, is it for his purposes? Don't be whining and bellyaching about what happened. You know, okay, God, okay, maybe you're freed up from something, a job or a business or whatever. Hopefully you're, you're not hurting. But maybe God is moving some things out of your way to make you available to do the really important things. Right? Do you ever think about things like that? And we cannot know and we cannot hear unless we have the Spirit of God in us, baptized to the fullness. And then on in 1 Corinthians, again, verse 12 says, And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. You wonder, why is it there's so much polarization in our nation? Why is there one, you know, it's almost like, you know, both ends of the spectrum and nothing in the middle, right? There's like there's no middle ground. I've never seen anything like it in my life. 
Why is that way? Because some are spiritually hearing and some are not. Some are discerning, some are not. Some are following their natural minds, some are following their spiritual minds. There's no in-between with this. And so it says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. Why? Because we're processing it through the knowledge and the wisdom of God. But they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thought, who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. You know, I, 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 bat, praying in the Spirit. We don't talk a lot about that in, in certain circles. We talk about it more here probably than many circles. But praying in the Spirit is so critically important. So critically important. I, you know, I was talking, well you, well, you heard Wednesday night, Dan was talking about just sometimes when he gets, he has some bouts with depression. He said, when I'm praying in the Spirit, he, he said this on the, on the Facebook, when I, the more I pray in the Spirit, the less I deal with depression. Well, hello, right? God is a spirit of joy, right? God will fix what's wrong with us, right? I was telling somebody recently about a study I read of, of you know, brain scans, and they said when, when any faith prays or you just pray in your natural tongue, your prefrontal cortex is activated or energized or whatever. So they're able to see this on a brain scan. But when, you, when a person is speaking in tongues and they're scanning the brain, there is no activity there. Now, why is that? Because Holy Spirit is doing the praying, not, not man. See, he's praying through us as he desires. And so we're just kind of, God, just pray through me. The problem, the reason a lot of people don't receive their prayer language is because they won't let this part get quiet. They intellectually have to make everything seem reasonable. God, just fill me with your presence. Just letting go and letting God. So we need to be able to hear and to know what God is saying. And the third reason that we need Holy Spirit in the church is the church needs Holy Spirit to know how to pray. The church needs Holy Spirit to know how to pray. You know, now I lay me down to sleep is not getting it in this day, right? God bless Aunt Sally and Uncle, Uncle Fred and Mom and Dad and Sister. Oh, yeah, she might be having a little trouble. Bless her, too. That's not getting it. See, we need to be Proverbs 20. We need to be warriors of wisdom. We need to go into the heavenlies. We need to go there and release breakthrough. We need to tear down strongholds in the lives of people. That's the way it, that's the way it happens. That's the way it happens. But Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. So how often should we be praying? Always. We say, I've got to work my job. Well, you can pray. I work, I've walked through the store praying in the Spirit. Right? I don't know what I'm saying. Get in your car. You can pray in the Spirit. Turn off the... The radio and pray in the spirit. Pray in, just pray, pray. Right? Most Christians pray less than four minutes a day. I've heard. That's a shame. And then we wonder why the world's in the shape it's in. He says, "But pray in this in in the in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty." In other words, there's different types of prayer, right? To that end, keep alert, watch with strong purpose, perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. And the Passion Translations pray with every form of prayer. Every form of prayer. You know, there's petition, there's intercession, there's praise, there's warfare. There's all of these different types of prayer. You know, we have taught uh, for years this little Acts prayer model. 
adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but it leaves out a very important part, and that is warfare prayer. Warfare prayer. And that's how the church is going to have to pray if we're going to be victorious. What is a warfare prayer? It's a prayer of authority. See, you know, prayer can't be about just checking off minutes on a log. Prayer has to be about engaging God. You speak with God, but you speak to the devil. We speak with God, but we speak to the devil. We need to know how to pray. Romans 8, 26, as I've been talking around this all, all morning, says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Let me tell you, if you don't know how to pray for the nation, just keep your mouth shut and pray in the Spirit, right? You're right. Honestly, I think it's better just to pray in the Spirit. Then we know we got it right. He says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. Now, there's not a person in here that wouldn't say, I want God's will for my nation or my city or my church or my schools or my family. There's not a, I don't think there's a person in here that would disagree with that. So why don't we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us then and, he, and for him to pray that perfect will? And then it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How many times have we quoted this? And we just check it off like, well, God, everything works together for good. Not if you're not praying according to his will and his purposes. Well, I'm just going to go invest in this thing because everything works together for good. Not if it's not according to God's purposes. You know, we, we need to be careful. If you've got money to put aside, you better be careful where you're putting it. Right? Right. So how do we pray for our nation? How do we pray for our schools? How do we pray about this situation that's going on? And how do we pray about our families? Are we praying our will or are we praying God's will? Spiritual warfare. Let me tell you, Rebecca Greenwood, she's an incredible woman. But Rebecca, uh, she says that spiritual warfare is defined as an invisible battle in the spirit realm involving a power confrontation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And it's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. We're not fighting flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And then Bill Hammond says, Warfare prayer is prayer that aggressively takes a stand against any ungodly spiritual force such as unbelief, poverty, infirmity that may be hindering a person, a church, a region from receiving the revelations and blessings of God. Often uses military or warfare terminology such as defeat, crush, or strike. So are we getting the picture? It's, 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 a, it's a militaristic attitude. You know, the church is supposed to be... Somebody asked me yesterday, said, I know you're building an army. I said, I'm not building an army. I'm trying to recognize the people that are supposed to be members of the army. Right? I'm not smart enough to build the army, but God, God has to show them to us. But let me ask you, every one of you should be a part of that. God wants you here. God wants us here. Jack Taylor says, prayer is warfare. Prayer is warfare. Now, that's a little more than now I lay me down to sleep, right? The prayer of the church for this hour is warfare prayer. You know, and, and it's about tearing down strongholds. You remember in Luke 4, 8 when Jesus is talking to Peter and he's looking right at Peter and he says, and he's, he rebukes Satan. Get behind me, Satan. It wasn't Peter. It was the, the spirit that was in him that was driving Peter to try to abort the, the, the mission of God through what Jesus was doing. Zechariah 3, 2, when Joshua or Yeshua was standing next to Satan and Satan was bringing accusation and the Lord rebuked Satan, right? See, we need, we need to 
we need to have that understanding of who we are. Let me read Proverbs 21 again, 22. I love the scripture. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough. See, you have an assignment. Let me tell you, when you walk into your job, God has given you an assignment there. You can go into the heavenlies and you can produce regional breakthrough in your area, in your business. What does that mean? That means you're, you're only praying the will of God for that business. You're only praying the will of God for your school or for whatever, your neighborhood. That's your territory. And then it says, bringing down strongholds of the mighty or demolishing their strength of confidence. See, we weaken the enemy by demolishing his confidence, right? So we have to understand that warfare prayer is all about authority and action. It's all about authority and action. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority. Matthew 10, 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And I've heard people in foolishness say, Well, that was the disciples. That was the apostles. So there's no more demons and no more illnesses today. So God just said, okay, that's it, guys. Y'all just not, you're on your own now. That's foolishness. It's the same authority we have as believers. We have authority over demonic powers. We have authority over sicknesses. Luke 10, 19, look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions to crush them. Nothing will injure you. How about the people that was in the upper room, the 120? By the way, there were women in there too, by the way. That's another lesson all on itself. But every one of them, every single one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Every one of them went out of that place empowered by Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you will receive what? Power. That word power in this particular case is dunamis, which we think of more of a supernatural power. But let me, one of the dictionaries, the Greek dictionaries said, possession of controlling influence, often understood as manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural way. It's a force of war, another one said, or authority. That's what dunamis power is. Influence over reality in a supernatural way. What does that mean? That means if you don't like what's going on in our government, you need to be praying for the government. You know that supernatural power can influence that? What's going on? It can shift things in the heavens. It can get people in office that need to be in office, get people out of office that need, needs to be out of office, Right? Instead of being, you know, instead of doing all this horrible stuff that people do, we need to just be in prayer and not be criticizing and condemning and all that. Right? Warfare prayer is activated authority, and only when authority is enforced is it actually effective. Only when it is activated and enforced is it effective. In, in uh, James 5.16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me give you some definitions. That word effective or fervent means working. In other words, the working prayer avails. It means it's sufficient to meet a need or a task. In the the Hebrew alignment of that word effective, those two words, it means to go to war, to fight, to be on duty, to levy for military service. We see this military theme again. We're We're called as the army of God. And then the, and I'm just, this little translation here, I don't know where I got this, maybe I did it or maybe I found it, I don't know. But the prayers of a righteous man, those who believe in Jesus' name, go to war and are sufficient to meet the need at hand. Those who are, the prayers of a righteous man go to war and their prayers are sufficient to meet the need at hand. Let me tell you, we've got enough prayer power 
in here to meet the needs of what's going on in our community, in our schools, in our nation. We absolutely do. And we've been called to be the voice of God in the earth. We've been called to speak what God tells us to speak. I love, again, I mentioned earlier what Derek Prince said, that the church will be held accountable for the condition of the nation. That's sobering, as he said. There's no greater, more effective prayer than what Holy Spirit infuses into our hearts and into our spirit. And he leads us. And the, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit endows his church with a language that speaks mysteries to God. You know, some, don't you just, you know, you just have certain things you don't want anybody else to know, right? God, I'm struggling with this. I need help. And you pray in the Spirit, and God's going to, you're speaking those mysteries. You know, sometimes people just don't need to know stuff, right? Sometimes people just, I mean, as soon as they find out, they're going to tell somebody, let's pray for Sister Zoe, though, because you've got this problem. There's 40 people in the room. You know, that's not about prayer. It's all about gossip, right? Roman 8 tells us that we're allowed to pray the will of God. Acts 1.8 tells us the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power. The church needs a fresh infusion of Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? I mean, I want more. You know what? You say, well, I think I got all I need. Are you laying hands on the sick and they're recovering? Are you casting out demons? Are you changing your community? If you're saying answer is no, then you don't have all the Holy Spirit power that you need. And as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit was so urgent that Jesus warned his disciples, don't you dare go do ministry until he comes. I believe he was saying, God, it's forbidden to do ministry. Because when he sent them out, what did he do? He gave them authority, right? I'm going to give you one final quote from uh, Mario Morello. And it's, this is, it might be hard for some to handle something like this. <laughs> the preacher who who consciously withholds the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a traitor. They are aiding and abetting the enemy. They are withholding a priceless gift bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. They keep from the children of God an edge of power that would make the believer strong, alert, and able to win others. The baptism endows them with a priceless tool, a prayer language that pierces all adversity. How dare we hold this back? How dare we hold this back? This morning, I, I, I know the Lord said to me, He said, I want you to extend to the church an opportunity for a fresh and filling of Holy Spirit this morning. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, today can be your day. If maybe you were baptized in the Holy Spirit in life, like Marilyn Hickey says, you just leak. We leak sometimes, don't we? Life gets in the way. Life pulls on us. Life drains us. The enemy's there, pressures and, and struggles and all this stuff that, that just te tears away at us. But I believe Holy Spirit wants to give us a fresh infilling today. Whether you're here, whether you're in, on Facebook or, or uh, what's the other thing? We're on YouTube. So if you, if you say, I, I, I need a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit, I want you to come to the front, those that are here. And we'll worry about social distancing. Tell you, I'm right down here in the front. I want everything God has for me. I don't want anything less than what He's given me. He's given to us everything we need for life and for godliness. That's the promise of His Word. Well, if I go to the front, people will think I'm less of a Christian. No, they won't. No, they won't. You know what it's going to show? That you're hungry. Jesus said in John 7... He says, if any man is thirsty, let him come. 
If any man is thirsty, let him come. Y'all can spread out if you feel more comfortable. If any man is thirsty, let him come. And then he says, let him drink. That's an act of faith. Let him drink. He says, out of his belly is going to flow those rivers of living water. And he said, this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given because he had not yet ascended. It's time, I'm telling you, to do what God's called us to do, we've got to be filled with the power of God's Spirit. We don't have time to play church anymore, guys. We don't have time for soft, fluffy sermons anymore. We don't have time to roll in the aisles and run around the church. You know why we've been doing all that for decades? Abortion, 60 million babies have died. While we've been doing all this play in church. Homosexuality, the agenda is now swept into our schools while we were playing church. At this point in my life, I don't have time to play. How about you? I don't care if I'm 40 years younger than I am. I don't have time to play. Do you, Maria? I'm telling you, God has given you guys so many incredible assignments. I want you to put up the music. And I want you guys just to extend your hands, and we're going to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, it's your plan, it's your will that your people be baptized and filled to overflowing with your spirit. God, we just pray a fresh infusion, a fresh infilling. Father, let your people, Father, just realize the fullness of who you are, God. We need to hear your voice. We need to know what you know. We want to hear. We have ears to hear, Lord. We don't want to be like those five churches, God, that that you said you hear, hear, have ears to hear. I'm going to come. I'm going to take away your candle. God, we're called for such a time as this. The church needs empowerment. The church needs empowerment. Now I want you to begin just to pray in your prayer language. Begin to pray and begin to seek God and and just ask Him to fill you fresh and new. Don't be bashful. Remember, we're going to turn off that front part of the brain. We're just going to let Holy Spirit pray through us. Allow that Spirit to rise up inside of you. That freshness, that fullness, you need it. We need it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we just pray for the fullness of your Spirit to fall upon your people. Thank you, God. Lord, we want to do battle on your behalf. We want to do what you called us to do. We thank you, God, for the presence of your Spirit. Just begin to pray. Just begin to seek God. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and speak. Thank you, God. Open your mouth and speak. Fill your people, God. Fill your people, God. Fill your people, God. God, we remove all restriction. Devil, we bind you from interfering in the minds of your of God's people. In Jesus' name. Just pray. Just let the Spirit come forth. Pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, we want everything you have. We want it all. We want it all. We want it all, Lord. Bless your mighty name. Praise your holy name. Father, those that are listening on, on the computers, Father God, we just pray, let your spirit just go through the airways and touch them. Lord, let us set a fire in their bellies. Lord, let the spirit of God flow through them. God, fill them with that fire and that Holy Ghost, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, God. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let him drink. Thank you, God. Lord, we want more of you. I'm telling you, the air up here is on fire up here. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, we just praise you. Thank you, God. Just continue praying. Continue praying. The more you pray, the just building up that faith. Building up, build up yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying that perfect will of God. Father, I'm asking as these people are praying that the Holy Spirit is praying for them the, the perfect will concerning their lives. Concerning their jobs, their families, Father God. Fill them fresh and new. Concerning the calling you've placed in their lives. Fill them fresh and new, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah to the King. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. No God like our God. Thank you, Jesus. I remember when we were in India, and we and I gave a message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we prayed, and the altar was filled with people, and there was a lady standing about right here with me, and I noticed she was praising God in English, Hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, all this stuff, and and so I said to. Uh, to the lady that was our hostess, and I and later I said, well, there was a lady there that spoke English. She said she didn't speak a, a word of English, but her her prayer language was in English. You see, I'm telling you, God is incredible. Just let him let him have his way. Let him have his way. I would encourage you pray in the Spirit at all times, in every occasion, for everything. You're going to find that the more you pray the more you're going to, it's going to become habit-forming. And you're going to be just riding in your car. You're going to be just giving God glory and praise. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't care because God is doing it. See, we're not, we don't want it. We want what God wants for us, don't we? You're going through your house. You're praying. God is going to wake you up at 2 and 3 and 4 in the morning to pray for somebody. It might be that quick and just praying in the Spirit because we don't know what we're supposed to pray. I'm telling you, I would take nothing for the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Does anybody have anything you want to say before we close up the service? God is amazing. Yes, you come right on up here, Donna. Well, you'll get it right. But I just remember Pastor Robbins talking when he was in World War II. And um, they were in the heat of the battle. And they needed someone to volunteer. They needed someone to volunteer to go out and scout in a tank. And Pastor Robin said everybody knew when they went it was a death sentence. But this one soldier raised his hand and he volunteered. And so they all stood and waited and this guy, he went in there, and he went all the way. And they didn't think he was going to come back. 
And all of a sudden, this tank is coming back, and this young soldier is he's up there out of the tank, and he is praising in the Holy Spirit all the way back. He knew the power and the authority that he had in the Holy Spirit, and the I think the bullets just ricocheted off of that tank. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who else? Somebody else got a Holy Spirit story? Somebody else have a Holy Spirit story? Okay, Deborah, come on. You know, I... Oh, I'm doing this again. Uh, Wayne invited me down to Victory Christian Center many years ago, many years ago. And I got there, and the um, the pastor gave the word, if you wanted to receive Holy Spirit, come forward, blah, 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 and all that. And so I did, and I went back with them into the room, and pastor, you could hear the Spirit. You could hear it coming out of people were just speaking and had never spoke before except me. Nothing. I drove all the way back to Winston-Salem reminding God of how rotten I must possibly be because it didn't happen. I listened to people and it did not happen. And I cried and I wept and I went on for two or three days but every morning I'd get up and read the same scripture over and over from Acts about the people receiving the Holy Spirit every single morning the same thing I would refuse to look at anything else I sat down at the table the Wednesday after this Saturday night and the and I got ready to read and this voice came forward and it startled me it just absolutely startled me because I thought I was playing around or something. I just didn't know. And I opened my mouth to read again. Again, it happened. And I thought, Lord, I don't want to be playing with you. <laughs> I want to be doing this thing right. Again, it happened. And I knew, I knew it was God and how he, and he was working through me. I didn't have to receive in the group. I think God was teaching me something in that moment. He is not, he, you do not have to do the cookie cutter thing. I can work with you one-on-one. -on -one. You don't have to be in the presence of anybody. And he needed me to know that. He needed me to understand that. And I got it. I got it. I want you to know at 2 and 3 in the morning, like Pastor said, it is about the sweetest thing in the world that can happen to you in your life is to sit and know that God is sitting with you while you're praying. It is the sweetest thing that ever happened. I'm telling you, there's great revelation in praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lori? You know, what Deborah said about we pray in the Spirit and we're isolated because of this. And we know when we're praying in the Spirit that we're hearing from God. But then there's always that little doubt in the back of your mind. Was that really God? Are you hearing God? Yesterday I read a scripture. It said, come with me through the archway of trust. When you trust him, he speaks and he confirms it. 
I can't tell you how many times I have heard God say something, and then that doubt has come in. And then, like, the next day, Pastor Donna will post her blog, and it's exactly what the Holy Spirit said to me. Or I will get together with two other sisters in the Lord, and God's telling us the same thing. And it's, like, just amazing. And I truly, truly believe that this is a time where, you know, we take a stand I mean, we keep saying we can't go back to churches, normal churches. We cannot. We are not that church. We are not that church. We are special forces. Yes. And we need to wake up to the fact that we are God's special forces, and we need to pull it together. And and I'm all for safety. I'm all for, the, you know, this whole whatever you want to call it. But I, you shut up. Point is, God is my protection point is that if I honor God and I meet with other Christians, God is my protection. Okay? And that's what we need to understand. Yes, we can be alone with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can, you know, worship online. But the thing is that when we come together, there is a synergy. There is a power. There is an enthusiasm that we need. There is a confirmation that we are all hearing from God. And so... I just want to say to those people who are not here, we need you, and you need us, and we need that synergy. So if you can come out, you need to come, because now is the time for the special forces to pull it together. Good word. I was going to say my experience was different. We was in a prayer service, and I wanted the Holy Spirit, but... I had a different spirit. And the pastor told me, God ain't going to give it to you until you let whatever that go that's on the inside of you. And I was crying out to the Lord of, what is it? I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was dealing with. And it was that word again, unforgiveness. So when I finally said, I forgive, I let go, and I let you, God, it was just one word. I, I just had, I didn't have a language. I had one word and I spoke it and I was crying. I was wailing and I was calling out to the Lord. And it was like, I, I didn't understand it as well, but it was definitely where they tarried with me as all night. I mean, it was like for hours they were just saying, you know, speak. You go, And I was like, well, what is it? Why am I not getting it? Everybody else was. But it was definitely, I was holding something in here that God, it had to let, I had to let it release before he could let me speak in tongues. So that's what I'm saying, whereas two, whereas with the Holy Spirit, it could be something else that God is saying, I need you to let go so I can give it unto you. I can birth that in you. And, and when you do, then you feel that fresh anointing, that flow, it will just flow through you. Wow. Uh, when I first spoke in the Holy Spirit I was totally unaware of it I was sleeping I was sleeping and my wife she was talking to one of my daughters and she says your father be speaking some kind of language and I don't know what it is she shared that with my sister and my sister my sister told us that this was during the time that uh Shortly after I'd had my heart attack, but I was praying in the spirit and was totally unaware of it. And my sister said, "That's probably the reason that he's still that he's still here." Wow! Yes. Anybody else? 
Yes, Bill. You know, what, when you're prim and proper, I think one more fear is what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. You know, and who gives a flip about what there people think? <laughs> okay. And we, we, we are told to rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Now, how do we pray continually? Now, we can open our mouths and we can pray in the Spirit. We can close our mouths and pray with our mind. Mm-hmm. And we can commission our spirit to pray in the Spirit for us. Yes. So it goes on and on and on continuously. I love that, uh, you know, who, who gives a flip what people think. What do, you, do you care what people think when your kids are all wrapped up in drug addiction and they're doing everything they shouldn't be doing and your life's falling apart? We care what people think then. Well, I don't want any help because they might think I'm weird if I'm speaking in tongues. Well, I'm telling you, speaking in tongues will get the devil off your back. That's what it'll do. So that's good. <laughs> Terry's over just a grinning. Are you okay? You filled with a joy? <laughs> Yes. Amen. 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 Yeah, I, I just love, I just love uh, these types of testimonies. It's great what God is doing. And the thing is, if He did it for you, He'll do it for any of us, right? Do you want to say something? Oh, you raised your hand. You were just saying yes. <laughs> but can, yes, come on up, Gloria. One other thing is, uh, keep in mind, being filled with the Spirit is more than just speaking in tongues. It's walking in love. It's walking in power. It's allowing the gifts to flow through you. So it's more than just the, t- the language. I remember when I was baptized July 7, 79, the thing that I remember probably more than the, the language was the love God put in my heart for people. Because I'm telling you, I was about as dry as it could be when it came to loving other people. And he just soaked me with his love. And, but it's that walk. You see, we continually walk. So does that mean nobody's ever irritated you? I mean, not this morning yet. But, but what do we do? We, you know, we walk in the Spirit and allow Him to help take control. Yes. Yes. There's none of us perfect, is there? <laughs> well, um, I wasn't going to come up. I was just going to listen to what everybody else had to say. But the Holy Spirit kept reminding me of a time when He used me in a way that I never dreamed that He would use me. And that was, um, you know, I've always had a heart for wanting to do things for God. I just really have. And so I was asked to speak at this prison where they had um, teenage boys. And these teenage boys, uh, there was probably about 150 of them in the room that night. But I prayed in the Holy Spirit for about two hours before I got there. And the Lord had given me scriptures that I would read while I got up there. Well, when I got up... Well, first of all, before I got up, a girl got up before me, and she quoted the scriptures that the Holy Spirit had given me. And so I thought, well, I was sitting back at the back. You must have missed it, right? <laughs> yeah. I said, well, um, I was talking to the Holy Spirit, and I was sitting in front of all these people, you know. I was sitting there, and I said, well, Holy Spirit, I know you gave me those scriptures, so... Now, what do you want me to do when I get up there? (laughs) Well, anyway, when I got up there, something happened. I laid my scriptures and I laid my Bible down on on the podium. And when I did, something broke into me and took over. The Holy Spirit gave me words I never dreamed I had. It gave me a power to speak I didn't know I had. And you talk about 
a mighty thing. It was God and God alone that gave me every word that came out of my mouth that day. When I finished speaking, and I talked to those boys, at one moment I caught myself talking to them as if I was their own mother. The next moment I was their grandmother that had spoken the word to them and they didn't pay attention. So God kept giving me things to say. He gave me scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, and they just kept rolling out of me. But what happened was made because I had prayed in tongues and because I spent all that time with the Lord, he took over. The Holy Spirit himself took over in Gloria. And when I got through, there were 12 young men that came up to be saved. And I told those men in that room that day the same thing I'm going to say to all of us today. Do you really want to be a champion in the body of Christ? Do you want to live your life the way you've always lived it? That goes for your spiritual walk as well as your secular walk that you've had in your lifetime. What is it that you want to change in your own life? Holy Spirit will do it when you pray in tongues and when you spend time with him. God bless you. You see the reason you see the reason that Holy Spirit told the I mean Jesus told the disciples, don't go to minister until you've received the gift. This is this is a great example of that. Great example. Okay, anybody else before we don't forget, 6.30 tonight, here comes Joe, 6.30 tonight, we're going to have our third day of prayer, three of nine. And I can't believe Becky didn't come up here and tell this story, because I'm the one that's going to tell this story. But Granddad was preaching the messages one time, and you know, when you grow up Pentecostal, you see some wild, goofy, weird stuff. I'm going to tell you right now. So if you, but anyway, the lady that was always prim and proper sitting in the back, she made a deal with God, which was the wrong thing to do. And uh, she said, if you give me the Holy Ghost, I will crawl down to the front. <laughs> God said, crawl. <laughs> so listen, don't don't make a deal with God because you're going to lose. That's right. All right? So it's, it's stories like you know, when Donna told the story about the, the, the tanks. It, those those are inspiring. And, uh, you know, I, that's just things I remember growing up. But the Holy Spirit is real. Listen. Our normal is what Zach was talking about the other week in our meeting. That is our normal. We got to get back to doing what God told us to do. That's we right. are a peculiar people, man. Peculiar means odd. Come on. That's right. Good word, Joe. Okay. Anybody else? Last call. Okay, Becky, come on. Yeah. Are we hearing this on the Facebook? Joe got her cranked up. But no, what I'm saying, the Holy Spirit, we need it. I need it. I'm talking to myself. Mm-hmm. And when you're praying in the Spirit, just little things, just like the red bow I put on outside my door. I was going to take it down the other day, and the Holy Spirit said, don't. Because that red bow is protection. Now you might say, well, that maybe that's silly. But he was talking to me. Don't take that bow down, mm-hmm. because it's like the uh, uh, the, the blood on, on the doorpost. And, and we are going through unusual times, and that's why God wants us to step out. That's why God wants us to be strong with what's in us that He's given us, the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to myself, Pastor, too, mm-hmm. because I go to work at Publix, and I meet all kind of people, and there's all kind of people out there. 
And there's good people, and there's people that need Jesus. So God has you. God, we didn't take God by surprise. This church didn't take God by surprise. He's always had his hand on this church. God wants us to do what we're supposed to do. And you can do that with more force if you have the Holy Spirit. That's right. And if you're praying in the Spirit. And when you get up and you pray, so many times I've been woke up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to pray for different ones. And most of the time it's in my family, but sometimes it's my pastor. Because, you know, do we, it, have do to, it, do we, it. we have to pray for pastor. We, we can't imagine what comes against her. See, we, we can't. But, see, we, nothing takes God by surprise. His love for us is unreal. All right, pastor, I love you. Love you too, Becky. I knew you couldn't stand it. Here's what I heard from Holy Spirit. There's a launch coming. I heard this two nights ago. There's a countdown coming. Then these nine days of prayer will launch us at Pentecost. Everyone in here is going to have an opportunity to launch themselves beyond their expectation. Now here's what I heard sitting over there. God said, I'm, I'm writing each of you a blank check. You fill in what you need on that blank check. I'm not saying money. Could be. I'm saying whatever your ministry is, your needs are, your business, your job, your family. God said, pray in the spirit. I just gave you a blank check. Wow. Nothing is impossible. Everything is within reach. Pray in the spirit. We attempt something so impossible that unless God is in it, it's doomed to fail. Joe, you and Becky just, uh, I, I want, I got to tell a war story. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit's not just for praying. He leads you in all truth. That's so right. you got to do a little listening. That That's was right. my hard part, listening. But Pastor Robbins was telling us one time that he was in a foxhole. <laughs> and he was laying there asleep and all the guys were tired. And the Holy Spirit told him, said, get up and get out of here. He said, man, what, I'm not going to wake these guys up. I'm probably adding a little bit he didn't. <laughs> I'm not going to get up and, He's and wake these men Wake his man up. This is what it said to me. And so he was laying there, and he said, almost like the Holy Spirit gave him a kick. He said, I said, get up and get out of here. Warfare. He got up, and he was, he, and the guy said, he took, uh, what was the guy's name, Becky? What? Crawford. Crawford. Crawford said, where are you going? He said, I'm getting out of here. And I guess Crawford thought about it for a minute, and he thought how the pastor had shown all during the war, had shown that when that God speaks to you. And so he got up, and Crawford almost knocked him down getting out. Crawford was getting out too. And then he said, the Holy Spirit said, said get out of this hole and get out immediately. <laughs> so that time he got up. Crawford said, you leaving? He said, I'm leaving. And Crawford was right behind him. And as soon as they he, they got out, something hit, and the, the, the foxhole was crushed. Just so you, you know, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> it would have buried them. And there wouldn't have been this church. There wouldn't have been a Becky. <laughs> but, you know, the Holy Spirit, I can tell you from my own life, and I, I, I didn't get mine. I've been knocked down, pushed down, everything else, people trying to get me to get it. But I was laying under a table in desperate need, not even thinking about the Holy Spirit when it came on me. 
And thank God it did. And, and I tell you, I'm a leaky sieve. He has to constantly fill me all the time. But thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, did you have something to say? This might not be quite as dramatic as some of these other stories, but for me, it's every bit as dramatic. But several months ago, um, we asked you guys to pray for my daughter and her family who were rear-ended out on I-85 at very high speed, and the car was totaled. And it was nothing short of miraculous in terms of God's protection upon them and their provision. And so they're joining us today. Their, Their church isn't open yet. And ours is, and so they came to join us. But you're welcome to come up if you like. Yeah. But um, so this little one, Leah, was nine days old at that point in time. And, um, yeah, so God is just so good. God, yes, he is. You know, his, his angels surround us and protect us. He does. You know, I, I've seen, I haven't seen all of the kids yet. I've seen certain things. I believe this one's a healer. I believe she's going to be healing people. Wow. I've got one back there that I believe is a, is a prophet, a seer little Ezekiel. Oh yeah, Ezekiel so, calling uh, it out. Um, anyway, I just That's wanted awesome. to give a word of thanks. That's awesome. I just Beautiful. Wanted, if you don't mind, I just like to lift them up and pray. Yes. I, yes. I have sensed God's hand on these children for a long, long time. Yes. Don't exactly know what he's got in mind, but Holy Spirit, we thank you yes. that you love thank us you, and God. you know us and you know the depths of our heart. And I pray for each one of these kids, Lord, that that you will just release all of your fullness, all of your power, all of your gifts to equip them, protect them, bring, see them through to your calling. But Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done and all you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Beautiful. That next generation, that next generation, I believe God's got, God's got these Ezekiel's, these prophets and these healers. I believe he's got them and it's up to, it's up to the church to call them out and help develop them, isn't it? So thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Tonight at 6.30, we're going to have our third day of our nine days of prayer. Uh, last night was incredible. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what tonight can even be. But we're going <laughs> to, we may get raptured tonight. Who knows? I don't know. But love you guys. Call us if you need us.